Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, this weekend felt like it lasted roughly 37 years. Lots to get to. So the biggest news of the weekend was uh, Anthony Davis now being out for at least about a month or so. It is uh, going to be a really rough stretch here. It looks like he's going to be missing, you know, including last night's game, at least 17 games over this stretch. Uh, and, and you know, given how the Lakers have played defensively without him, you're really asking a lot to go 500 over this time. But... Um, I, if if last night is any kind of indicator, and if that is the kind of rotation that the Lakers are going to trot out here from here on out, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was when, say, Harrison and I recorded our breaking news podcast that is uh, currently on the feed. Apologize by the way on that front. Megaphone had some kind of an issue. Not just with our podcast, but with all podcasts that are hosted on Megaphone. Uh, so a lot of downloads were lost yesterday as people were reacting to the NFL stuff, to the World Cup stuff. Um, yeah, just a big old blunder on that on the, on that front. So, uh, but anyways, if you missed it because of that blunder, Harrison and I reacted. You know, minutes after it was announced that Anthony Davis is going to be out for at least a month. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we talked about it in, in all kinds of angles. It was kind of therapeutic. Um, so you're going to want to check that out, but on the AD front, a couple quick things here. It was interesting that AD was not, you know, it's not interesting that he was at the game because he's there to support his teammates, but it was interesting that I didn't see him in a boot. And when he was walking around, it wasn't with like a, a visible limp. This might be me on some copium here. This might be me with some wishful thinking. Um, I think that is is reason for optimism. Reason for pessimism, though, is basically everything that we have heard since the injury, right? He, uh, he hurts it, and he goes back to the locker room, comes back out, plays, and then we don't see him again after the half. And um, one, I don't know how the training staff allows him to go back out there, if it's even possible that he can make it worse. As it seems, it he might have made it worse. Um, two, after uh, the initial wave of news of you know AD isn't going to be there for the rest of the game, and and then we don't really hear anything for I don't know, 18-24 hours or so, and then in the middle of the World Cup game, while everybody is looking somewhere else, the Lakers uh, leak that he is out, or either the Lakers or Clutch. Leak. I, my guess is Clutch because it was Haynes and it was Shams. Um, clutch leaks that he's going to be out for at least a month. And then we got further reporting that it's indefinitely, right? So uh, he is going to be out for a while. And uh, given the fact that, like, apparently he's going to see some specialists Sunday night of all times for further evaluation uh, with, again, with a whole bunch of secrecy around it. There's no reason for that lack of transparency if you don't have anything but like decent news. So on the one hand, see him walking around out there, no real limp that I noticed and no boot, uh, which which seemed like good news. On the other hand, this amount of secrecy 
welcomes in speculation, and none of that speculation makes me feel particularly optimistic. So we'll see how things go. All that we know right now is AD is going to be out for a while, and I do think that the Lakers offered up a preview of how they might be successful over that time. So uh, as far as the actual game, I think a few things here are, are worth discussing. One, good God, Austin Reeves. <laughs> uh, they, they really might have stumbled into a player with like legit 10 plus million dollar a year type of potential. Um, solid defensively, he's reached a point here where when he shoots it, when he's open and he shoots it from three-point range, I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't go in, uh, which is shocking. Like, though, when I feel that way about a shooter, that's a, an elite shooter. So it's pretty shocking that he has reached uh, that point, given what we saw from him last year. Now, last year, he started hot and kind of tapered off at the end of the season. So that's something to watch out for. But at least for right now, that shot looks pretty. It looks clean. And it's like barely touching the rim. He's in that kind of a rhythm right now. Um, add to that the decisions that he makes on the ball and his willingness to take, you know, the shots that he did down the stretch of this game, even while he's standing out there with LeBron, that was really impressive. Uh, the other thing, Max Christie looks like another player that Jesse and Joey Buss and that scouting department appear to have found who uh, checks a lot of boxes and you know, again, solid defense, willing to shoot the ball from three-point range and is knocking down those shots from three-point range. And look, I think it's a really cool story what those guys are doing. And uh, all credit to Reeves and Christie for their ability to do so. Also, I don't think it's a coincidence that those are the types of players who would have outsized uh, success while playing next to LeBron James, because guess what? That's the kind of player who has outsized success playing next to LeBron James while LeBron has been in the league. And, you know, look, whether or not the Lakers are going to make a trade while AD is out, or at least until they get more clarity on what type of a, a you know, if and when AD is going to return. Um, but it's really clear, or it should be really clear, to everybody watching right now, what type of player the Lakers should just stock up or should have been stocking up on while LeBron has been in, in their franchise. It's 3 and D wings. That's it. That's all you need. You can maybe have like one point guard who can do some other creative stuff. Uh, Dennis Truder was really good last night before he fouled out. Um, and, and, you know, you can have a couple bigs there beyond AD to, to give him uh, a rest every so often. But when you're talking about like the players that you, you know, when you're, when you're talking about players three through 10, like five of them should be wings, you know, five of them should be guys who you're comfortable taking uh, open three pointers and, and guys who can go down at the other end of the court and play solid defense. That's it. That's all. And, and now look, in fairness to the, the Lakers front office, that's who all front offices are looking for right now. But this is why I always just kind of cringe when people say, well, this makes sense in a vacuum when you're talking about guards, right? When you're talking about all the guards that the Lakers have acquired, 
that in a vacuum process ignores opportunity cost. Every guard that the Lakers have signed or required or whatever, um, those that that's a roster spot that couldn't otherwise go to a 3 and D wing. And when you see the way that the Lakers play, when 3 and D wings get more of the minutes than the guards do, yeah, that's why I get a little tweaked when people are like, well, you know, Kendrick Nunn might work it out or, you know, whatever. Like, like no, go out. Go out and just stock up on wings. Just just make it work. I'm really curious, too, when Juan Toscano Anderson comes back, um, what type of role he's going to play, too. Because, you know, while AD wasn't available, you could, or when, when AD was available, you could get away, I, I, at least in theory, with playing a couple more, you know, smaller guards um, because you have more size inside. But if it's Thomas Bryant in there, if it's Damian Jones, or if it's avail- eventually Wenyan Gabriel, like you need length on the perimeter to stop guys from getting into the interior. And so when 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 uh, JTA comes back, I think he should be given a shot once again to get some of the minutes that are otherwise going to you know Kendrick Nunn when he was still getting minutes. I. I really honestly feel like this should be like I I'd be perfectly fine never seeing Patrick Beverly play for the Lakers ever again. And you know, Russell Westbrook doesn't finish this game and uh apparently was was standing there for for the end of it with his jersey untucked and all that stuff. I didn't I didn't see some of the off-court stuff that he was he was doing and how he was reacting to winning plays that the Lakers were making, but um but I and, and I honestly that doesn't even matter to me. Like I, I I'm not gonna complain about the amount of effort that Russ has provided this season given the way that like what the Lakers have asked of him and the situation he's been in. That that's that doesn't matter to me. But what does matter to me is the 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 floor that gets raised when you swap out Russ, when you swap out Pat, when you swap out even Schroeder in, in some stretches for a three and D wing, like that floor gets raised. And, and, and I don't think bringing those guys into the fold, like raises your ceiling at all. Your ceiling gets raised by LeBron James being LeBron James and three and D wings allow LeBron to be the best version of himself. And look, you have 17 games here that you have to just survive. And I know it is an outsized ask of a 38 year old LeBron to carry them through this time. But you need to find a way to maximize LeBron and and thus reopen some of the margin for error that you lose when AD goes down. Thomas Bryant has shown he's a guy who who maximizes LeBron. I think when, when Gabriel gets back, that's going to be interesting uh, to see how he fits into the fold. Um, I, I loved his energy. I loved his athleticism and stuff. I think Damian Jones has shown some stuff. Um and I would much rather rely on bigs and wings and really cut down on the guard rotation until AD gets back. And and ideally, before he gets back, you move Patrick Beverly, you move Kendrick Nunn, and you go out and you get more wings that you can continue to rotate in and out as as you, you know, try to re find the uh equation, the the blueprint that won you a championship. It's stupid that we ever had to, you know, that the Lakers ever had to go back and and find it all over again, but that is just where we're at right now. So just find it again, 
get back to that blueprint again and and maximize LeBron eventually maximize LeBron and AD and and I and I think that's the clearest path to championship contention that the, that that can be presented to the Lakers. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Again, apologies for the weird schedule. So, I recorded yesterday afternoon with with uh Harrison after we got the news about uh, Anthony Davis. After the game, Raj hosted a spaces that's also up on the feed. Then you have this and then a little later today, by the time you guys are listening to this, the ten the the Can You Dig It guys are now recording on a Monday, and then I will be taking over for the rest of the week as Aaron and I will host on Tuesday. I have a, a, a fun guest uh, that I'm looking forward to talk to on Wednesday, and that's probably just going to uh, do it just about as we get ready for the holiday weekend. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.